0: Before we start this week's podcast, we'd like to encourage our listeners to consider donating to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. It's a nonprofit organization that fights for racial justice through litigation, advocacy and public education. They seek structural changes to expand democracy, eliminate disparities and achieve racial justice in a society that fulfills the promise of equality for all Americans. Visit www.naacp. LDF.org to donate to an incredibly important cause. Hey
1: everyone, welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. I hope everyone is doing well on this Wednesday evening, uh, recording a day later than normal, but uh, we're still going to bring you content no matter what day it is. Uh, we have a great episode coming up for you here tonight. We are going to go back to the future, a uh, very catchy title, uh, one thing you would do and go back and do differently this season, knowing what we know now, What what's something you wish you would have done before the season started. So that's going to be our main topic for this evening. Uh, but with us tonight, we have a very special guest, uh, Porkman, joining us from the Dynasty Rewind. Uh, also known as Philip apparently I, I only known yeah. you as Porkman, so uh when I saw that on the that's show my, sheet, I was like, alias. "Oh, I forgot he has a real name <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, Philip Philip is my alias my my government name is actually porkman Simmons nice People don't know that. nice. Perfect. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing great. I was um trying to get on with you guys for a good while. I'm glad Jake reached out to me. I was waiting for the invitation so I know he had Mike on before me. I was like, yeah, my invite got lost in the mail or something. But, you know, this is all jokes. I'm, I'm happy to be here, talk about Back to the Future, and uh, let's get it. Yeah, your invite
0: was classier than the one that I sent to Mike. I just want you to know, you know, yours was kind of like it had frills around the edges. His was yeah. just like an old Kleenex that I scribbled something on and I kind of threw it at him. You know, we're rolling out the red carpet for you. <laughs> yeah, just put a little
1: snot
2: in the Kleenex and throw it at him.
1: He'll be yeah. Fine. <laughs> so, uh, Parkman, why don't you tell us where people can find you, what you do, etc. Here before we get going.
2: All right, so you can find me on Twitter at FFWorkman. I'm also on Instagram. i um, at that same handle. Doesn't really do much on there yet, but I'm still working on that. Um, you can find me on the Dynasty Rewind Tuesday nights. We do a waiver wire show at 9 o'clock. On Friday, we do starts and sits and other Hubaloo that we just talk about. If you have any questions or trade, or you know, if you just want to talk in the comments, we're there just to talk. We're pretty free flowing. Um, like to make jokes and laugh at each other. So if you want to come in and laugh at how small my eyes are, I'm fine with that. I don't get angry <laughs> about that at all. <laughs> so you know, if you want to just come on and just have some fun with us, hey, just just join in. We're we're a very uh, welcoming group. Uh, we got Chev, uh, Nate, and you know our wonderful host Mike. And we do a nice little uh, verse at the end, kind of brings it all together. You know, just real life. Try to try to mix real life with fantasy football, and you know, make fantasy football fun. Don't don't try to kill yourself because you lost week one through seven. You can still make the playoffs, possibly. Most likely not, but possibly. possibly. <laughs> Anything. But you possible. have to at least dangle the hope
0: out there. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. That's we gotta right.
2: dangle it. You know, see what happens. You never know. It's not the end of the world. That's Justin,
0: right. I don't know about you, but being on the Dynasty Rewind, because we had a bit of a crossover, mm-hmm. we got to go on the Dynasty Rewind a couple months back. It was still one of the most pleasant uh, podcasting experiences I've ever had. Oh, that oh yeah, it was trivia, great. Right? Yeah.
1: Oh, boy, that, that was, was tough. Fun. That was tough. Yeah. I drank a lot that yeah, night. It, <laughs> did not do well, but it was still fun to be a part of. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it was, it, that was a fun time. I remember that episode clearly. <laughs> and Jake, how are you doing this
0: evening? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm just excited here because I'm going to get extra drunk tonight because yeah, I may have lost a beer bet payout, but spoiler alert, I'm really the one reaping the benefits of the beer <laughs> bet payout because I get to drink a little bit extra tonight.
1: Uh, well, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, I'm doing terrific this evening. Uh, I, I actually took today and tomorrow off of work uh, just because I had some vacation days to burn up. So uh, I am doing fantastic, man. I've just been living the uh, uh, full bachelor life, uh, sitting on the couch and drinking all day. So it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> you lucky son of a bitch. I know. How many Keanu Reeves <laughs> movies did you watch today on your first day off? None. I'm saving that for tomorrow. Okay. I expect some Point Break to be thrown into your bachelorhood. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's not a time off if you don't watch that movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or did you watch one or all three of the Back to the Future movies in preparation for this podcast?
1: No, I should have though.
0: Why am I here with all of your good ideas after the fact? I, I should don't have
1: been know. in your ear this morning. You should That's have. It's on me. That is on you. Well, You're supposed to me. keep me in line.
2: Out too. I would have watched the movie so I can be prepared, but. You know.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> let's get back on track here. Uh, we need to talk about what we're drinking tonight. Porkman, why don't you start us off?
2: Um, I go a little bit stronger than most people. You know, Jose, Jose Cuervo. Ooh. Just, a little, you know, just a little sippy sip I got to yeah. get ready for tonight. You know, yeah. Just a little aqua work. Oh, nice. Is that all natural sparkling water? All it don't say all natural. It just says regular natural. It's from Tuscany, so it's okay. fancy. It's at least oh. partially natural.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Jake, how about you?
0: I, well, for the the main crux of the show, I will be drinking a brownie point brown ale with vanilla from Maplewood. Uh, it's from Chicago, and it's a, it's a tall guy. If you can read YouTube watchers, it says there's supposed to be hints of toffee. I did not get any of the toffee. I'm going to tell you that right now, Justin. <laughs> that's disappointing. My taste buds, yeah, my taste buds don't register toffee, apparently.
1: Oh, that's disappointing. But overall, good beer, you would say?
0: Overall, I would give this guy, on our little uh, untapped scale, I'd give it a solid
1: four. Nice. Yeah, good beer then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, and I'm drinking uh homebrew tonight. I was... Had great intentions on my day off of going to the grocery store and buying just a bunch of beer for future podcasts just to get myself ready. And that didn't happen. So I'm um, drinking one of my home brews. Uh, I think I had it a couple weeks ago because I was also lazy. Uh, my toasted oat porter, uh, which I think is delicious, easy drinker, uh, just a right in style of a porter. If you like darker beers but nothing too crazy, this one's for you.
0: Look, it was either put on pants and go to the grocery store and get more <laughs> beer, or stay without pants and then drink beer that you already made that you know you like. Exactly. So I I'll think I like, like the second
1: option. Yeah, <laughs> obviously I did too. That's what I went with. So uh, it's working out so far. I mean, you guys don't know this, but I'm still not wearing pants.
2: <gasps> Scandal. Oh, no. Don't pan down. <laughs> don't don't drop the laptop.
0: <laughs> don't drop the laptop.
1: Don't stand up. Don't do anything except stay right here. <laughs> All right, well... fuck. should we do this? Yeah, let's do it. So as Jake alluded to earlier, we have a little beer bet payout this evening that Jake did lose. Uh, Our bet was who throws for more yards last week. Nick Foles versus Ryan Tannehill, same game. (laughs) Two very solid defenses. It it felt really gross to make this bet because we thought it would be like... 110 yards to 105 yards at the end of it, uh, really. Uh, But I did pull it out. I think there was a lot of garbage time there to pad Foles' stats. He ended up with 335 passing yards to Tannehill's 158. So, Jake, I believe there's a couple things you have to do here. Um, Yes. Acknowledge
0: that this bet is bullshit. Number one, check that off the list. Okay, number two, I have to... Uh, say the phrase that we agreed upon which is now the replacement for our standard beer bet of having to chug a gross disgusting beer mm-hmm. We just decided for in season at least we're gonna move on on from that for now And we're gonna switch over to doing shots And the humiliation has to come from the acknowledgement that the other person who won is just a better all-around person and human being in this case, I have to say that to two people because two John Bauer was on our podcast last week and decided he wanted to jump in on this bet because fucking of course <laughs> that that is the side. Let's be honest, that's the side I wanted to take. I had to take one for the podcast though and accept the uh, the Tannehill side. So without further ado, I will be drinking mezcal. That's what I've decided for my shot tonight, and I'm going to be drinking it out of my lovely Wisconsin Badgers tin shot glass because represent. All right, John, Dustin, you are both amazing fantasy analysts slash geniuses. (laughs) Fuck you both.
1: Uh, Thank you for that, Jake. That felt really, really good and very heartfelt from you. I could tell. Yeah, it It came
0: from someplace lower than my
1: heart. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that was a great First beer bet we had here in season. I'm really happy with the results. How about you? You He's know not... what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got to drink some mezcal. It's fine. I will tell you this next beer bet is not going to be so easy. Uh, I I'm setting a I'm setting a standard now. All right. I, I allowed you this one because I felt bad because I'd won so many previous Oh, bets stop I just it. Felt like we had to even the score quick. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right well we'll 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 uh, get to that later here we'll we'll hold our our fans here in suspense for for an hour here and and wait and see what this marvelous beer bet you have for us all right okay okay now on to our drunk
2: drunk 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 drunk,
1: Hammer drunk,
2: drunk
1: drunk 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 trade of the week jake hit us up
0: so gentlemen this week's drunk trade comes from reddit it's Reddit user board at Work 1287 because there were 1,286 other fucking board at works on Reddit. <laughs> now, this was sent three weeks ago. I have to give that context, okay? So three weeks ago is when this one came in. We just got to it now, because we've got a backlog. But they say, had someone trade me, Scary Terry, that's Terry McLaurin, of course, for Antonio Brown when we were both hammered at like 2 a.m., <laughs> at 9am 7 hours later for the math challenge AB started his rant tweeting and promptly got cut scary terry scored 2 TDs that week AB hasn't played since that's why the 3 weeks ago was so important there obviously last week antonio brown got back on the field for the bucks but the context is obviously this was last uh, year essentially mm-hmm. when AB kind of had his meltdown mm-hmm. so in terms of drunk trading Gentlemen, what's your reactions to this one?
2: That sucks. I mean, <laughs> you would think you would think you're getting something. I mean, when you're when you're drunk, it actually wasn't a bad deal mm-hmm. per se until you realized, oh, I just traded for an idiot, and this guy's a stud. So, uh, ain't no reversing on that one. You're just screwed. You gotta figure it out. Yeah,
1: yeah. That that is really unfortunate. I mean, considering they are both hammered at two a.m., uh, a one for one deal like that. You know, at face value, isn't that bad. Uh, AB, I guess you could make the the argument that you know he's getting older. He's he's not at the top of his game anymore. You've got you know Terry McLaurin, who's you know uh, going into his second year, a rookie at the time. A lot of hype. Uh, not really sure what was going to happen there, but turned out better for scary Terry's side there. Uh, it's it's not the worst drunk trade we've had.
0: No, far from it. See, what's interesting about this trade is I actually think that the person trading for Antonio Brown at the time got a fucking steal. Like, got an absolute steal. Like, I know he was getting older, but he was still producing at a crazy high level. Emphasis on the crazy, maybe, I guess. Um, But he ended up, like, nobody's going to predict that that was going to happen. Not Mm -hmm. like that. I don't know when, to be fair. Like I don't know at what point exactly this trade went down. Maybe th- maybe there had been a little bit of lead up to what we saw later with Antonio Brown. Maybe stuff had started to come to the surface. I'm not fully sure. But if this was w- like before any of that started, I would have taken that AB side 10 times out of 10. So it's crazy how quickly that flipped. Now, my follow-up question here, Brown's back. He did okay in his first came back with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looking at looking at it now, is it salvageable for the AB person?
2: It's it's a little late. I mean, it's it's a lot of weapons in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. But I think the main issue was Tom Brady. I don't know what the hell happened to him. It just it looked like he just wanted to throw the ball deep all night, and it just didn't work for him. He's got to go back to what what he does best. Yeah,
0: he wanted to get over to that bench quick, put on his Uggs, have himself a <laughs> kale smoothie, and just
2: relax mm-hmm. and, uh, yourself. and who wouldn't let's be honest but yeah you're right but uh <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is your job i don't i don't know what he was thinking i don't know if he was trying to showboat because it was breeze on the other side of the sideline but he just didn't he didn't look the same i think he just saw that he had antonio brown he got excited and just started wanting to chuck the ball but you're not going to win that way and it didn't well, help that he didn't run the ball enough either
1: well he had to get all the records back from breeze that was the whole thing especially facing him exactly
0: (laughs) yeah that was weird i don't know i hope that uh i mean for this person's sake and just for anybody who held on to brown for this exact hope like i I don't know if you you would take what he did last game i think it's like Mm -hmm. 10-ish points basically just because you might have got nothing forever Mm -hmm. out of him so to get a few points coming back your way but you're right there's so many weapons there i don't know i'm nervous about all of them now
2: (laughs) yeah for sure mike evans for sure Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not, at this point, I mean, he's not droppable, but he's, he's almost not startable. I mm-hmm. yeah, don't it's... know if, he, the week, if he's going to have a touchdown or not. He's extremely...
1: Well, and that's all he has right now is just touchdown dependent. It's basically like a glorified yeah. tight end out, out there, uh, just relying yeah. on those touchdowns. So kind of on the same vein here, if you guys have AB on your team, what are you doing with him? Are you waiting for him to have a blow-up game here and sell high? Or are you going to hold on to him as a good flex play, possibly for the rest of the season? Uh, what are your thoughts?
2: I mean, for dynasty, I would probably sell high, but for redrafts, I would just stash and just look and see what you can do with it. It's almost it's almost playoff time now for fantasy. But for mm-hmm. me, I have um, I drafted Antonio Brown, Scott Fishbowl, just to stash him. I got him late, and if he hits, he hits. If he doesn't, I still have a solid wide receiver playing
1: for the playoffs time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Jay? I think at this point.
0: Yeah, at this point for Dynasty, if you have him, I would just wait another couple of weeks to see if he has a bigger game than what he had because mm-hmm. you're, you're not getting insane value off of what he just did. Mm-hmm. If anything, like, your best time to sell was probably right before that game when he was coming back and, and the hype was still more than what the production was going to be. So now mm-hmm. it's like you, had, you just have to wait it out until he actually does have... Because I think he will have a game like that. He'll score at least a touchdown, maybe a couple because of the way that Tom Brady is in love with him. And as soon as that happens, I'm sending out mass offers to everybody who is a contender that can, that can use him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you
2: kind of have to, because if that, if that rate charge comes up, he's going automatically. Mm-hmm. You're not keeping them. So if you can sell him now for anything, a second or a third in dynasty, then that's, that's good value for me. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. You can't use him
1: yep. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You got to
0: use it or lose it. People use it yep. or lose it. Mm-hmm.
2: That's, how, that's how it
0: works. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> All right, we'll do a quick uh, injury update here before we go back to the future. Not as many injuries this week, which is a relief for a change. It seems like we were just getting decimated here uh, uh, the last few weeks. So uh, first off, a uh, gruesome injury. We saw Jake and I, we were watching uh, Red Zone out in the backyard here uh, this weekend. We saw this play as it happened, and we were both just cringed because we knew right away it was bad. Uh, Kyle Allen, uh, dislocated ankle with a fracture in it. My guess is he's done for the season. Uh, Unfortunate for him. Uh, Hopefully he can make it back, has a good recovery here, and can be ready to go for next season. But fire up your Alex Smith shares because you sure know they're not going for uh, Haskins there. They're not going to give him another chance. (laughs) Sure St- I'm right. still so upset that they didn't trade him to Pittsburgh or like any
0: place where he could at least sit and then next year potentially take over. It's just dumb. Mm-hmm. I hate yeah.
1: it.
2: Mm-hmm. Obviously, they don't like him, so just yeah, let him go for anything. I know it was a first round pick, but
1: it wasn't Rivera's pick. So yeah, just, exactly.
2: Just
1: like yeah, and then we had a plethora of uh, concussions this week as well. David Montgomery, David Johnson. Jack Joy, Jack Doyle. I know how to talk. Uh, all out with concussions, <laughs> so just monitor them, uh, see how they're progressing here as we get closer to the the weekend here. Uh, whether you can actually play them or not, and then Albert O. I'm not going to try to say his last name, uh, just out no. of out of respect to him uh, and to not embarrass myself any more than I already have. Uh, he has a knee injury. I haven't heard yet how significant it is or if he's gonna miss time, uh but definitely keep an eye out for that, and then lastly uh Preston Williams, he had any injury didn't seem too serious uh sounds like he's he's probable for week ten, so might not miss any time but again, keep an eye on that as it's leading up to game time this weekend just because you never know he could be a last minute scratch so uh those are our injuries for this week. nothing too serious overall uh fantasy wise which is Nice to see for a change.
2: Now, with some of the news that you did say today, I did see David Johnson. He's unlikely to play. Okay. So I'll probably, that's a, you could probably got to pick up, if you can pick up Duke Johnson's mm-hmm. waiver's done, though. He's probably going anyway. And uh, Jack Doyle is out, I saw. And Preston Williams, they put on IR. Now, I didn't think they oh. were going to do that. Oh, I hadn't Man. heard that. I saw Preston Williams put on IR today because it looked like, it looked serious at first and then he walked away. So I thought mm-hmm. he was coming back this week. I think they put him on a short-term IR.
0: The Williams one really hurts. Like, he was mm-hmm. – I don't know. I just felt like finally when Tua was in there, he was getting a, a chance. And now to mm-hmm. all of a sudden have the rug taken out from under him again. It's just such a bummer. Not only selfishly because I have him in Scott Fishbowl, but just <laughs> in general. Like, this was a guy from last year that we'd hyped up all off-season because you don't get a lot of these undrafted receivers that come in and do what he did last year. And obviously he had like a a really slow start this year, and it was kind of some more fizzle than anything. But he was just starting to get a chance, so it's too bad. At least it's short-term. Maybe there's a shot that he'll still come back and still be relevant for your fantasy playoffs with Tua. Uh, We'll see. Mm -hmm. All right, well, before we get into the meat of the episode, before Mm -hmm. we hop in the DeLorean, gun it to 88, and go back to the future... This week's episode of Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football is presented by Sweat Connected. Sweat Connected is a transformative way to work out. It has a mission to help you feel your best. Each expert instructor brings their signature method directly to you, wherever you are in the world, via Zoom. When you take a Sweat Connected class, you are able to interact with your instructor and other participants in class, just like you would in a live studio experience. Whether you have been a group fitness participant for years or are newer to it, you will feel at home with Sweat Connected. Sweat Connected is offering our listeners 50% off their first class by going to HTTPS, colon, and the slashes, you know the deal, sweatconnected.com. And using the code POD, which is P O D. For 50% off your first class. Sweat Connected for all levels, all ages, all sizes, and
1: all humans. All right. Thank you, Jake. On to the heart of our episode this week. So as I said in the beginning, we're going back to the future. One thing you would go back and do differently for this season, knowing what we know now. Uh, And there should be some lively discussion here, I think, just based off what I see on the the show sheet here. So (laughs) Pork Man, start us off. Since you are our guest, of course.
2: Yeah, so um, I had a lot of drafts this year where it was, you know, 110, 111, and 112. And I'm a proponent of getting stud running backs. Well, in most drafts, a lot of them are going between, you know, 1 and 9. So I'm like, okay, I like King and Drake. I'm going to just take him. Wrong answer. I was listening to all <laughs> these people saying Aaron Jones is going to regress. And it's like, I should have took him. And it's a shame because we could have took him. I could have took DeAndre Hopkins. Like, players that they say they're going to not do well, I didn't take. I just took uh, Kendrick because he had a couple good games last year with Arizona. I thought he fit the system well. And now he looks like David Johnson last year, which makes absolutely no sense because mm-hmm. he looks faster than him regularly playing. So I would just say for next year, and for speaking for myself too, don't tilt. If you see a player that you like and you know you can get value later on in drafts, just take your guy. So, if you like, if, if you see this running backs going and you know you're going to have that next pick in about four or three, that like four or three picks later, take Michael Thomas if he's there. Take DeAndre Hopkins if he's there and go back and get yourself an Aaron Jones or, or Dalvin Cook was falling because of his injury history. Because mm-hmm. I think I might have passed on him a couple of times. So I was like, he's really injury prone. I'm going to just take somebody who hasn't been injured. I'm playing well. Now, King and Drake all of a sudden is in a walking boot for eight years, and you can't play him at all because he's not healthy. Like what – like nobody – you should have told me that before I drafted him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've got him on a dynasty league that uh, I I traded for him uh, last season and helped me get to the ship, uh, humble brag. And I I was right there with you where it was like – I like the system, everything that was coming out of Arizona, I really like. They gave him that that big transition tag, paying him $10 million. Mm -hmm. I'm like, everything points to him being the man this year. And then, yeah, I don't know what happened uh, other than the walking boot, but it's like, yeah, he just hasn't (laughs) looked the same. And that's oh, it's been Mm -hmm. so disappointing. One of my biggest disappointments of this season. Yeah, and
2: I think more, I think, looking into it more. He had those two bomb games against the forty ers and it's like, well, oh, they have a really good defense. Mm-hmm. And then the other games where it was just like middling defenses, he really didn't play that well. So I guess there's like the writing was on the wall. He's got like maybe two lucky games. I and mean, it was like, okay, he can do this if he gets a full off season. But obviously nobody got a full off season. Because mm-hmm. Mr. Covid wanted to appear. But Yeah,
0: I I totally got overwhelmed by the like overall Stats that he put up there when he got yeah. traded, and like you're saying, he had those couple of games. And am I crazy, or was the first game that he played like he went bonkers mm-hmm. once he it got traded a, to the Cardinals, like right?
2: Forty ers I think it might have been like a Thursday night, or it was one. It was a prime time mm-hmm. game because he didn't even. He just showed up that night. I don't think he even. He barely practiced or anything. Mm-hmm. And then he came in and just went ham. No pun intended. Work. <laughs> he, <just> <laughs> he, went, he went. He went crazy. I remember telling
0: people to sit him for that game
2: because I was like, there's Mm -hmm. no way
0: if he comes over, he's not going to get all these carries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got he's going to get he's going to get you like five carries. You're going to be super disappointed because you missed out on a more reliable guy that you plugged in. And then here he fucking went off and he got at least a touchdown, if not multiple touchdowns that game, too. And then you're right. He had another game where he blew up and the other games were not great. But it's like, well, I could chalk it up to the fact that he just got traded. And so that was mm-hmm. my excuse, too. It was like, well, he just got traded. Like you said, let's see what he does a whole off season with the team, even if it wasn't a whole off season. Like, mm-hmm. he should naturally slide right in. I also, maybe it's just me, I did not give Chase Edmonds enough credit, mm-hmm. uh, even though he stepped in last year and did really, really well in relief. It's just like, mm-hmm. well, it's not going to be, it's definitely not going to be a committee. We're going to know it's going to be Drake. And Edmonds has honestly looked better than Drake did when Drake was playing.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, and the the bad thing is that Drake hasn't been getting them targets or nothing. And that's all been Edmonds. So I figured, you know, you take him in the first round, he's going to get the targets, he's going to get the carries, and he's probably had like five targets in like the first five games. Like it was, it was some crazy stats. Like if you're starting running back, you got Tyler, he's going to check down. It's all going to Chase. And that didn't make sense to me, so... I would just say, you know, Aaron Jones looked like a man-beater last year, and then he came in and still a (laughs) (laughs) man-beater.
1: Well, and and, and, uh, as the resident Packer uh, homers here, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, here, but I think we both believe that Aaron Jones would see some regression this year, too, uh, just after the insane season he had. Like, we love Aaron Jones, love him. But, yeah, I did not expect him to— keep up on the pace that basically he had last year continuing it this year and yeah i i'll chalk that up as a miss on my part here uh happily for the packers <laughs>
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, I thought for sure that touchdown regression was coming mm-hmm. for him. Like even if everything else stayed the same and he got a bunch of targets, which I thought that the targets might stay the same because we didn't draft anybody for wide receivers. And so, you know, it seemed natural, who else did we have to rely on? He would get a bunch of targets. Mm-hmm. And I, I just didn't think there was any way he would get that kind of touchdown level, and it just doesn't matter. It, because AJ Dillon's done nothing, uh, even when Aaron Jones is out. A.J. Dolan has done nothing. So that was definitely overemphasized this offseason. But you're right. Those two were basically neck and neck, along with, like, Austin Eckler was right in that range, yeah. too, maybe. Probably Which just a little bit down.
2: Yeah, and I wasn't really high on Eckler, too, because I wasn't sure how he was going to do. But he, he, did, he started off slow, and then he just went crazy and got hurt. So, I mean, it was kind of right and not right at the same time, but it was just injury.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So basically, yeah. If you had just went with DeAndre Hopkins, you would be loving yeah, like, life so much more right now. You
2: know, I should have sold King and Drake when I I put him on the block, and everybody's looking. It's like, are you really trying to trade him? I'm like, yeah. And nobody sent me anything. So just send me the deal.
1: Yeah. Uh, so basically, what you're saying is, go after uh, a stud wide receiver in that position rather than a, a second tier running back.
2: Uh, unless unless a stud. Um, Running back falls to you like, like with this year with Alvin Cook because mm-hmm. he was falling to the bottom of the first. Mm-hmm. So, there was some leagues where I did take him where he was available. But if he's gone and all your guys are gone, don't, don't keep trying to push for looking for a start running back. You go for value, get your, get your Julios, get your DeAndre Hopkins, get your Devontae Adams, get those guys because they're going to give you steady points.
0: Mm-hmm. Get you a George Kittle. Maybe within that bunch, just depending on mm-hmm. how you value. In the
2: second, yeah, yeah, or your league setting. You wouldn't take him. You wouldn't take him in the first. Oh, in tight end premium for sure. Yeah, if he's tight end premium. That he, he's definitely an option, but with him as well, he's he's starting to become a little injury prone. Starting to scare me a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's turning into like a little bit of a Gronk. Yeah, grok he gets nicked up a lot
1: and misses a game or two, and yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. it's but he's uh, still good. His value is awesome, mm-hmm.
2: so you can take him and then get somebody like you could have got like johnny smith later on
1: yeah it's my boy your guy <laughs> <laughs>
0: all
1: right jake so we are kind of talking about here passing on running backs in the first round if the value isn't there which kind of leads us into your point here so why don't you hit us up with that and
0: it's a smooth transition. It's like we planned this out. It's like we spent it's like we're professionals. Last night texting each other about this, trying oh, to get man. this transition.
2: I'll fit you all perfectly. It's crazy.
0: You really do. Can we just keep a permanent Porkman spot on the bottom of that screen? Uh, because it just makes it go so smooth. Uh, so my biggest regret, my do-over, if I got one for this season, would be to lean heavily into the zero RB draft approach a little caveat to this whatever the hell you want to call zero rb that's what i'm probably talking about there's a lot of definitions it doesn't really matter the entire point is just don't don't take them early don't take them often wait until the end of the draft and and scoop up value there coming into this season i was pretty hesitant about doing that even though dustin if you recall on our bold predictions episode i assumed that based off of the COVID weird off season and just the flukiness of running backs. My bold prediction was that at least 80 different running backs would have a top 12 week this year because of just that volatility pat on the back. But up until this point, we're at week nine. I did the calculation just to see where I'm at so far. 53 different running backs have had an RB one level finish. Mm -hmm. So All that stands to reason is that, look, everybody's getting injured. It's not just running backs. I can't pick it on the injuries themselves, uh, but that's definitely played into it. But just in general, that, that old idiom like scoop up running backs and slot them into that backfield, it doesn't matter, quote, unquote, what running back is there as long as they have the opportunity, they have the volume, they have the good offense. It's not like wide receivers where it's very much skill dependent. It's just a little bit more plug and play. So, look, if I knew what I knew now, with all of those dudes, like, yeah, I made the prediction, but I still didn't really believe that that was going to happen. If I knew it back then, I would absolutely stay away from those early round guys. Scoop up a lot of handcuffs. Going back there. Although, I say that, and I still don't know if I would know exactly who the handcuffs were, just to be honest, because a lot of the guys I thought were handcuffs aren't really the handcuffs. Tony Pollard was about the only guy I felt sure of and that hasn't panned out so I say this knowing that I still could have fucked it up if I had went zero RB but I think that approach would have done a lot more work for for a lot of these leagues I wouldn't have had to scramble on the waiver wires I wouldn't have had to spend all of my fab picking up these guys um, if I had just leaned a little bit more and I you know you talk about these dudes who are going to regress. I could have had Devontae and DeAndre Hopkins and another top-tier wide receiver. Like, maybe even a Chris Godwin. He was probably a little high, but you could have okay, went bang, bang, bang. Well, Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You could have hit those heavy hitter wide receivers and thrown in a, a top-tier tight end to boot. But I, I don't know. I'm not saying that this will make me do that next year, but I'm kind of considering doing it next year.
2: Yeah. yeah I mean, 0RB zero, zero is a hard thing to do, because mm-hmm. you really gotta you know know who's the handcuffs and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, getting those handcuffs, and if, if like you said, if you're starting with Adams and like Julio or Thielen or even Diggs. You could have got Diggs in like mm-hmm. this year. And then got Daryl Henderson as a handcuff. Daryl Henderson's been playing really well. Josh Kelly started out really well. That was a late, late, late round pick. So, I mean, I'm trying to think of any other ones. Like even Kalen Balazs, is—he's a—he can be a running back one, which is crazy. Oh, I hate it. I hate it That's so, so much. Gross. But it, it, it's—it was—it's Adam Gaze. He actually looked okay. Mm-hmm. He's run the ball uh, with power. He can catch the ball all of a sudden, which absolutely makes no sense. He got rock hands with Adam Gaze, and so now he looks like he got a he got Julio hands. Yep, it's like did Adam Gaze
0: make him tape his fingers together in a weird way before every game just to, like, prove a point? Because it's starting to feel like he's just doing weird shit to purposely
1: mess with
2: these guys. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, it's literally all the players.
1: Oh, yeah. Hopefully
2: i need get rid of them.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is just a verified fact at this point that you leave Adam Gaze – And and you reach your full potential as a player because he is Mm -hmm. just this, I don't know how to describe it, but just a black hole of just badness. Just It's just, yeah, he just sucks (laughs) it all out of you, doesn't know how to use you, and and you leave that, you get back into the light, and it's just, it's glorious after that. Unfortunately, you (laughs) got to suffer for like three seasons.
0: Can I, I just, I really want to read off some of the names. That I found that were top 12 running backs though because I want oh. like I really want to hone in on this so much It's bad. It's fucking it's so terrible I, I expected it to be bad obviously when there's that number of them up there There's not that many good <laughs> running backs in the NFL, but just listen to some of these names So starting from week one so Malcolm Brown who had oh. like that week. Oh I started right. him too that week for some reason.
2: You nice. lucky son of a bitch. I got lucky as hell. Did you I'm start kidding. him
0: again after that
2: at any I week? I did. I did start him. Okay. So I was like, yeah, well, and I should have sold him. Somebody offered me like a third, and I was like, nah, I'm going to try to get a second for him, and then he backed out. That was dumb. But third wasn't much, up. though. You
0: can be excused for that. Mm-hmm. Thirds are like nothing anymore. You can get a third at any point that you want, so I don't begrudge you that necessarily. Sure.
2: You could, but there's some value there in the – well, there's some value. I don't know about this year because I haven't done scouting yet, but last year there was some good value in the third. So mm -hmm. True. We'll see. Like a Josh Kelly type guy or something like that. That's true. That's true.
0: But, again, I, I think you can get those third backs like almost at any point. Yeah, but it, it is about, like, being ready to let go, which I'm not great at. Like, I hold—I always say I'm going to trade these guys at their maximum value. And then they have that week, and I'm like, well, what if it's not their maximum value? Yeah. Let's well, give it one more, week. one more week. One more week. Exactly. And then they drop a turret the next week. Yep. So mm-hmm. some of these other guys, Miles Gaskin had a running back mm-hmm. one week. Uh, Carlos Hyde ended up with a, a running back one week, which doesn't feel real. Like, I still don't think that that actually – happened uh, Justin Jackson snuck his way in there Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines had a running back one week in the same week which was <laughs> mind-blowing to me uh, Gio Bernard of course with Mixon going down DJ Dallas in Seattle Ryan Nall in Chicago Ryan Nall had a running back one week and I think it was week eight or maybe it was just last week actually when uh when Montgomery went down Duke Johnson, Rex Burkhead, Jarek McKinnon, Kalen Malaj, J.D. McKissick. These are not the names that
2: you think are going to take you to victory. And Fuck. I think the, I think the best running back that's been a running back one has been James Robinson. He's been getting all the carries, mm-hmm. like literally. Chris yes. Johnson looked old. Okay. As hell. Yeah, I don't. I, if I was, I didn't like him at first. When he, it was like, he's dark. I'm like, why? I'm not. I'm not playing him. And no, I was like, oh, he's, he's good. <laughs> I didn't think he could catch.
0: I, this was just me because I'm not a rookie talent evaluator. Dustin and I, <laughs> we talk about this all the time. We're not the rookie experts. Don't come to us for any of that shit. <laughs> We're not Debbie gurus here. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. like, I'm just listening to the wind, right? And nobody thought that he could catch. So I was like, well, this guy can't catch. He's not going to get targets. His value is going to be shit in Jacksonville. And mm-hmm. look at what happened.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, just because of kind of the truncated draft process with COVID and everything, you know, his, his draft stock kind of, I shouldn't say dropped, but he was, he was drafted later. Uh, Do you think that had it been a normal off season, would there have been better tape or evaluation on him that he would have maybe been drafted a little bit higher than he was? Or was it just Mm -hmm. maybe a complete miss by all the scouts, which we know happens?
2: Well, I mean, I think it was more of a miss than anything because, I mean, COVID didn't really – well, I mean, COVID was around then because I started around, like, March or April, so mm-hmm. everybody did their um, evaluations then, so I think that was just a miss, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I think it, with him is more of a volume situation. I think he had, like, 25 carries last week, so if you're getting the ball, you're going to – if you have some sort of talent, you're going to do pretty well fantasy mm-hmm. purposes. I think it was also like a depth chart issue, which is insane to
0: say right now because we know what it is. But there is a lot of hemming and hawing. Well, A, obviously Fournette was there at a point before he got traded, so that put the blockade up. But even after he got traded, then they're like, well, Chris Chris Thompson's going to steal all the targets, so he's not going to get the targets. And Divine Ozigbo is like the second coming uh, <laughs> and so he's going to take over all the carries in the backfield. And don't forget about Raquel Armstead. Now, to be fair, like those guys are ju- have been out either due to COVID with the Rickwell thing. And I still don't know what's going on with him. He's been mm-hmm. on the COVID list forever, and I'm kind of scared for him now. He called he uh, it twice.
2: Mm-hmm. He's in the hospital. It's crazy. Oh, Jesus.
0: Yeah. So that – and again, Ozigbo went promptly to the injured list. So it's like maybe if those guys were there – could we trust the coaching staff to get Robinson all the carries right away without that happening? Maybe, hopefully, but, you know, I can't trust coaches anymore. That's one thing that I've learned. Like, I want to trust in rational coaching, but you just always can't. So maybe the depth chart had something to do with it, but mm-hmm. he's making everybody look just downright foolish now. Yeah, yeah do, you,
1: do you guys think that uh, he's played himself into the starting role at Jacksonville moving forward? That's a tough
2: situation, because I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't know what they plan on doing with all these goddamn draft picks next, mm-hmm. next year. Well, so they have they, so they, many
1: holes on their team. Obviously, they mm-hmm. don't feel like they have a quarterback of the future yet. Not that you have to draft a running back in the first round by any means anymore, mm-hmm. but they have so many other holes, and if you already have a player on a rookie contract that is producing in a top-five level, do you need to spend it? Obviously, they're going to need to bring in some sort of depth piece, but... I don't think they'll spend you know a second third round pick on him. I think it'll be a little bit later in the draft.
2: Yeah, I mean they need they need corners obviously because they have uh, uh, Sidney Jones I think went out there. He's not good. Uh, they need offensive line. <laughs> they need they they really do need everything. I mean, they really like, need everything.
0: <laughs> My only question about Robinson because I think yeah they need so many other things. I could see them just skipping it or waiting until. Fucking round seven to scoop up a running back. But part of me still thinks, like, is it crazy that in the off season, do they actually just want to accrue even more picks somehow? And do they trade him in the off season to a team that could maybe potentially use a running back? Probably not because there's so many dudes coming up mm-hmm. in free agency anyways. But it's still, mm-hmm. like, in the back of my head that that's something that they could try to do. Um, but in general, like, yeah, even once those other guys come back, I'm holding him in dynasty leagues. I'm not trading him right now, unless you can get a massive haul. Like if you can get a first plus some other great player or a, a good pick, then sure. But otherwise, I'm holding.
2: Yeah, my in my redraft leave, I, I sold him and DJ Moore for Devonte Adams, so that kind Ooh. of worked out for me. Yeah, no doubt. That's nice.
0: You humble son of a bitch. That's not the way you present that trade. That is
2: amazing. Yeah, it was my, my best friend. He's in last place. And he was like, I need a running back. So I was like, well, you got to give me something good. I'm in first in that league now. So I was like, I mean, let me get Adams off you. And uh, I scored 160 points the week before. And the owner sent me a message. He was like, you don't need Adams. So, well, I got him, so
1: deal with it. <laughs> I want him. Uh, I got him. Right. Oh, that's oh, great. So we'll finish off here uh, talking about this with my what would I go back and do differently. And that's building depth on my rosters. Uh, this is more of Dynasty uh, focused here. And I know everyone was talking about it. I know we talked about it in the off season, just with the great unknown uh, with COVID. And then there's always the injuries. Yeah. We just didn't know what was going to happen. I still feel like we don't know what's going to happen on any given week here. Uh, I feel like the wheels are, are going to fall off at some point. Uh, I'm just kind of waiting for for it to drop here because uh, I don't feel like the NFL has a great handle on this as as well as things have worked out so far. I, I feel like it's we're we're on walking that razor's edge. Anyway, uh, yeah, I really wish I would have done a better job at building some depth and and getting some pieces. Uh, kind of like what we talked about uh, with the running back position earlier, uh, getting some of those guys that have that path to opportunity, like a Chase Edmonds. Uh, you know, we we thought that Kenyon and Drake was going to control that backfield, but really that wasn't a guarantee. Uh, you know, we can't say we really saw it last year a hundred percent. I mean, he got all the points and all the fanfare, but Chase Ed- Edmonds was involved. During that second half of the season, uh, so guys like that, or oh, uh, I've, I've lost all my thoughts. They've all fluttered out here. Uh, Every one of them, all of them. Jeez, uh, That's what day man, drinking does like, you? I know. Was it,
2: are you talking about like handcuffs, like for uh, running backs, or I guess you can't call them handcuffs, but like third and fourth receivers for teams? Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. Know. Or like
1: a Russell Gage. You know, yeah. some, someone that flashed last year, had some good games. Uh, you know what that offense, he was going to be involved. And then, lo and behold, you know, we got um, Calvin Ridley was out. Julio missed a game. So, you know, he was going to step in and, and be able to produce, in theory. Apparently, they've got guys the NFL has never heard of on their roster that catches touchdowns. Uh, everyone oh, with Julio. Mide. Yeah.
0: Olomide, oh, Zacchaeus.
1: Yeah. Fuck
0: that guy. We- <laughs> he ruined <laughs> my week.
2: One one week I had him as my greasy take of the week he was going to be like a wide receiver too, and he actually scored a touchdown. So I got lucky with that one. <laughs> I, I pulled that one out of my butt. Some something crazy. Uh, well done. I'm on a I'm on a, I'm on a bash streak now though, so I gotta I get back on the horse.
1: But yeah, I, I wish I would have kind of identified some of those teams where they had some players that that quote unquote were maybe a little more injury prone. Um, you know, take a look at maybe like San Francisco with the running backs. Uh, you know, Tevin Coleman was always going to be injured. Uh, Mostert, he didn't really stay healthy. Uh, he had a, was dinged up last year a little bit, I believe. So maybe like identifying the running backs on that team, or knowing that Debo was going to be out to start the year, maybe get one of those other wide mm-hmm. receivers on the team. You know, just just building, looking for again pathways that players could produce and get significant playing time. Uh, and I did not do a good job at that. Uh, and like I said, as much as we talked about it, it just—I just I just didn't follow through with my own advice, which is super unfortunate.
0: I've been there.
1: I've been there so many times. Did
0: you do a pretty good job this year, Dustin, of divvying up at least between positions for depth? Because I did. When I when you wrote this, that's the first thing I thought of It's like, I leaned so heavy on certain positions, and I neglected other ones. Like, mm-hmm. I thought with tight end, for example, if I got one stud or stud-adjacent tight end, I was set, and I didn't have to worry about anything. And now I look at, like, Zach Ertz. Uh, Zach Ertz mm-hmm. was my value pick everywhere. So I was like I you can get that dude in the early fourth round. What is everybody overlooking? And it's like, well, he's getting old, <laughs> and he's on a bad offense, so maybe I shouldn't have been all in. And then I just let it ride with him as my tight end, and then I have to go court the
1: waivers for somebody. Did you do a decent job at least of spreading the wealth? Uh, Not really. I tend to always focus on wide receivers a lot more and getting the points from my wide receivers for some reason. I just feel like there's a better path for consistency, even though I know that's probably fallacy. uh, Unless you have like the stud number one wide receivers like Adams, Thomas, you know Hopkins, the ones that are guaranteed volume, uh, like I said mm-hmm. just a fallacy on my end that I can't get around uh, but I, I focus more on the wide receivers than any other position which has probably come back to bite me in the ass a little bit. Yeah, I did the same thing Dustin,
2: I got like, I went running back heavy early and then just straight up pointed uh, running backs for the rest of the, the draft and I was getting mad at receivers everywhere and then I was like, oh Oh, this is a good value. Seventh, eighth round. Let me get Jordan Howard. No, that, no, that, that didn't work.
1: Yeah. Thank Dude. goodness he's been a healthy scratch for like four weeks. <laughs>
2: exactly. I don't even like, like hearing that name on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, like what? So I was like stuck because I think I had Dalvin. He got hurt. And then it, it just sucked. And I think one, one league I didn't do well with the quarterback was the super I had three. I had Dak Stafford and somebody else. Well, Dak got messed up. I forgot what my other quarterback was. He must have been terrible, so I cut him. <laughs> and then uh, Stafford had COVID, so I was like, "Shoot!" I almost had to start like uh, like only people that was available was like Cooper Rush and like Taysom Hill. Oh. And I'm like, uh, I picked up Taysom Hill, and I was like, "Yes, Stafford's back from the COVID," and then he got a concussion. So I was like, oh. what, "What am I doing?" In my <laughs> redraft uh, Super Flex League,
0: well, it's an IDP league too, which really threw me off. Like, I Yeah, that,
2: that's what I have. That's the IDP league I'm in as well.
0: Ah, right. So I feel like, I, I don't know if you felt this way, but like I went so heavy into IDP, into defensive players because I don't know anything about it. So I was like, well, I better stock the cupboard because <laughs> I'm clearly going to miss on like half of these guys. I better have yep. some reserves, whereas I felt like I knew my offensive players better. And I clearly right. didn't because, yeah, I went... With that, I had Lamar Jackson, so I felt like I had my ace in the hole. Like, I'm good set with quarterback. And then I waited, and I went Cam Newton, which initially felt like it was going to – like, this is going to really work. And then I went Dwayne Haskins and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then, obviously, now I'm basically screwed for any bye week because, like, there's no good quarterbacks. I'm not picking up Ben DiNucci or whoever the hell that is for the quarterbacks, like, in Dallas. I'm not (laughs) – I'm not (laughs) – Doing, I'm not wasting my fab on that guy. It's like even positions you think you have good depth in, sometimes you really don't. Mm-hmm. And that I don't know how to get better at that. Quite frankly, I think it's just talent evaluation, which seems yeah. really yeah. simple, but <laughs> yeah. God damn it.
2: Yeah, IDP. I went like heavy, like linebacker, so I was like, I know Darius Leonard, I know Warner, I know Bobby Wagner. Let me just get them. They give me, like, 20 points a game, so I was like, okay, cool, but I have no quarterbacks. So, screw <laughs> 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 Yeah, I had to start Taysom Hill, and I had to start um,
0: some other garbage quarterback because Lamar Jackson was on by and Cam was hurt that same week or something, some weird shit like that. And I literally had to start Taysom Hill and my Superflex, and he got me, like, a point and a half. Felt real good. Felt real good, you guys. Got
1: something. Well, exactly. You didn't get the zero. That's all that matters. That's true. All right. Uh, anything else here? Any other last thoughts about uh, anything you wish you would have done, knowing what we know now? No.
0: Spoiler alert. There's no DeLorean coming for any of us. We all just have to sit in our filth at this point. Uh, exactly. Don't, that's right.
2: Don't draft personal on 101, guys. Uh, brutal.
1: <laughs> brutal is right. Okay, so let's move on. We're going to give a start of the week and a bust of the week. Uh, we'll each go one person any position, Porkman, start us off with a start of the week.
2: Uh, my start of the week this week is Jared Goff. They are playing the absolutely terrible defense of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they made Josh Allen look like, I don't know, damn Marino. It, it was crazy. <laughs> he was killing them up there. He got um, Jared Goff, has Robert Woods. He has Cup Gerald Everett might have a good game. They're just like a sieve out there, and it's, it's a shame because I'm not used to Seattle being – this holy Swiss cheese defense like back in the day, they were just like a Legion of Boom and they just ran the ball mm-hmm. with you all day. It's the opposite. They're just letting Rest cook and letting the other offense cook too. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, it's, it's a barbecue a total, off. It is. It's a total shame. So you can you can gas up Cooper Cup, you can gas up um what's his name? Robert Woods. And probably the running game as well. And um, I really want Van Jefferson to be good this week. But it's Josh Reynolds just in the freaking way. But... <sighs> he's good, yeah, man. Sorry. Josh
0: Reynolds yeah. is good. He was actually one of those random dudes I tried to get on the end of my bench in every league. He hasn't really worked out for fantasy. He's just been a blockade for Van. <laughs> but.
2: No, and I I can't disrespect Josh Reynolds. He played, he's playing okay. But when I see Van Jefferson in and he's making nice catches, and he's flashing. So. Just hey McVeigh, just just throw him in there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he'll get his time. Don't worry. Don't worry. No, yeah, I'd... next year, next year he'll get his time. i just, I'm just so excited. I like the guy. All right, Jake, who's your start of the week? My start
0: of the week. I mean, similar vein, but mine is a running back. Also going against one of the worst defenses in the league, at least in terms of running backs. It's Antonio Gibson who gets to face off against Detroit this week. Detroit is the bottom barrel for running defense, and they're not in a position... Gallaudet is probably going to be out again this week. They're just not mm-hmm. going to be in a position to put up a ton of points. Stafford, that whole thing is nebulous too. Like, the entire offense about Detroit is worrisome, and thus, Washington should be able to lean on Antonio Gibson quite a bit. My The only hesitancy I have is J.D. McKissick, who just continues <laughs> to soak up every fucking target... On that, like on that team, not even in the backfield, he had an, a, like an outrageous 14, fourteen targets. Targets,
2: outrageous.
0: How does a player like that get fourteen targets on your team, even if your team is garbage? There's no reason that he gets fourteen targets, but he does. Gibson still finds a way to be relevant even without that. So it's like even – look, McKissick can have all the targets. Gibson can have all the running game. And I'm still so confident in Gibson that there's no way I'm sitting him anywhere that I have him. Just on touchdown upside alone with Gibson, I'm I'm feeling confident. Alex Smith in there, is he better than the other two options that were there? Not really. Like he's – he, he's competent, which is great, because competent keeps the chains moving. And chain movers is what is great for the running back. So I'm all in on Gibson against that awful Detroit team. Uh, like he, He's good enough this week where I'd be considering him a fringe RB1. Ooh,
2: that's a little I would spicy. Watch his status Because he does have a shoulder injury. He's God crushed. damn
0: it, Pork Man! No,
2: You <laughs> got a tag. <laughs> I, saw I saw something today, and I just looked at the thing and said he has a shoulder injury, so he might not be available. Look, put him in there with one shoulder. Just let him run to the right; he'll be fine. He's okay, and they need to throw him the ball because he's actually a receiver,
1: playing mm-hmm. running back. Which, yeah, which, no doubt. That McKissick, blows
0: my mind about McKissick. Then,
2: right? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that at all. And everybody thinks I hate Antonio Gibson. I don't hate Antonio Gibson. He just – he looks – he's a receiver to me. He's not really a running sure. back. But if he's athletic, he can he can make it work. He can learn. hmm
1: Yeah, it's a little he bit can. of that Ty Montgomery situation. Mm-hmm. But a better version of that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. My start of the week here is Darnell Mooney versus Minnesota. Uh yes. I mean, let's be honest. Minnesota's defense is not what it once was. Uh, similar to what you were saying, Porkman, about Seattle. You know, they had such a dominant defense there for a while. And he is the third option on the team. He's got a 15% target share, which is really nice. So he's not going to be on one of their... or He's not going to be um, faced up against one of their better corners. He's probably going to be on the second, maybe the third corner at best uh, on most plays here. So he's going to have... Great opportunity to make plays, which is all he's been doing. He's been getting more and more involved every single week here as the season has gone on. Chicago realizes what they have in him. And, yeah, light him up. He's, he's going to do well for you this week.
2: Can Foles throw him the ball accurately? Oh.
1: Can Foles throw anybody
2: the ball accurately? Probably Man, I'm not. I'm, a, I'm an Eagles fan, and I I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're well aware of the situation. Do well you get aware. do you get tired because I just read an article speaking to this today about how Peterson gets tired of answering the same questions about Nick Foles over and over? And people are dragging Peterson about it. It's like the guy hasn't been on the team
2: for two years. Why do you keep asking him about this guy? It was Brett Farr's fault. He's an idiot. He says something Agreed. about um being uh, uh what did he say? He said, "Oh yeah, I would have kept Foles instead of Wentz because he won the Super Bowl." But where was you drinking? Because after he played, probably, I like, whenever he leaves, he's not Foles is not, and he's not an terrible quarterback. He's an average quarterback, and mm-hmm. Wentz is Wentz is good, but Wentz is getting a lot of flack for throwing to trash cans. Mm-hmm. So you gotta give him some time to develop. <sighs> like that's the only thing about Philly is that we expect everybody to give. production, 100% of the time. That's not realistic. Give the guy a chance. I know he's had a couple blunders with fumbling and stuff like that, but his offensive line, they're slow and fat. Like, we need some... It's crazy. We got we keep bringing back Jason Peters. He's forty five years old. <laughs> <laughs> he has arthritis and hammer toes. Like he, he's not good anymore.
1: Yeah, that that was going to be my thing. It's like if he had more than two and a half seconds to actually make a play, he'd be doing pretty mm-hmm. well. Even throwing to the trash cans out there, uh, he could hit those. Then at that point, but he's just not getting any time to look downfield, and it's just. I mean, I've been super disappointed in Wentz cuz I invested in him in pretty much all so my dynasty I. leagues, uh just cuz mm. I was getting the discount and I believe in him uh and the talent and it's been a rough patch. My my confidence has been shaken a little bit, but I I I'm holding strong just knowing like Philly's got to address this offensive line situation in the offseason here mm. and it can't get any worse than it is. Yeah, we
2: just need guards. I mean, we we just had we just got uh hit with the injury bug, but we're getting some Lane Johnson's coming back, um, and Isaac Sayamalu's coming back as well for left guard. So we should be okay. We got Alshon coming back as well. Miles Sanders coming back. So we're getting healthy. Everybody's coming back and, uh, Rager looks good. So we're, we're going, we're going to have a lot of fantasy relevant players coming in very soon for this home stretch. Maybe we could win this division at six, nine and one. <laughs> It's possible. It is. Uh, but I don't care. You can laugh; they can laugh at us all they want. We're in. You're yep, not. A- absolutely. No,
0: if absolutely. You, if a six nine and one team gets healthy at the right time and goes to the Super Bowl, it doesn't fucking matter that they it were six matter. nine and one exactly.
1: team. Exactly.
0: Exactly. One Uh, quick thing about Mooney before we move on, just real quick, is that he's so good at getting open, even Nick Foles, eventually, like the law of averages says that he's going to have to connect with him on one of these shots eventually. Mm -hmm. So like, just the fact that he's able to get open, and he'll get open way more against Minnesota probably than he even has these last few weeks. I fully, I I love that call. He's like somebody that I'm going hard in. If I play DFS, I'm going to try and get Mm -hmm. Mooney on every slate. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely.
1: All right. Bust of the week. Jake, why don't you hit us first here?
0: Ooh, you just want to keep the good times rolling with Switch our, it up. uh divisional rivalries. I'm sitting the hell out of Kirk Cousins against Chicago <laughs> this week. If anybody like even if you're desperate, I almost guarantee you you have a better option available to you than Kirk Cousins. Like, if you're in a super flex league and he is your second quarterback, I'm not bullshitting you. I would consider putting in any other positional asset that you have ahead of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is just, even as a game manager, I think this year we all thought he was overpaid for mm-hmm. what he does. And I I thought at least with only Thielen and a rookie wide receiver coming in, he would be garbage. Well, that rookie wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, has actually been fantastic but it hasn't been enough to bail out kirk cousins on a weekly basis Mm -hmm. so now you're going up against chicago who is i believe the fourth stingiest against opposing quarterbacks it's an it's a divisional matchup and sometimes that can favor the offense i'm not seeing it and i've been watching those games go ahead and
1: and it's a monday night game you know kirk Always Ooh. folds under the bright lights. So, yeah, yeah. that is a he great, great that. call, Jake. Yeah, that was yeah it's call. just gross. It's, it's gross. Don't he's, do he's it. He's guaranteed for like a negative five points in fantasy this week <laughs> at a minimum.
0: Oh, my God. Do not consider starting him in Scott Fish. Like there's no, no person oh, no. putting
2: him in in Scott Fish. My God. Heck no. There's no point even
1: doing that, Mm -hmm. for real, for real. He's like the
2: most expensive game manager Mm -hmm. ever. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. Parkman, who do you got? Bust. I
2: have Cam Newton against Baltimore. Uh, Cam, he's just not the same guy. Uh, And it's sad to see because he was so electrifying coming out with the Panthers and... It's just watching him now. It's kind of sad. So now you got to play against Baltimore, who (laughs) they always have a turnover, like every game since forever since Ray Lewis seems like. So Marla Humphrey come back from COVID, uh, his COVID protocol. He's gonna be on uh, Jacoby Myers, I guess. So he's gonna lock him up. Chuck Clark is out there. He's probably gonna lock up. Well, he's only throws to the tight end, so. He's gonna lock up whoever, maybe Damian Harris or Rex Burkhead or James White coming out the backfield. So Cam Newton, I don't think he's startable. I mean, his rushing upside is probably not gonna work because Patrick Queen's gonna be spying him all night. So or all day. So yeah, he can't. Cam, Cam can't be played at all in my opinion.
0: And they tried to turn him into a pocket passer against the Jets, which was bizarre. And like they I know that the commentators mentioned several times well, they were scheming probably in advance for Cam to be rushing. It's like, yeah, but you don't have any other options. Like no, it was they won that by the skin of their teeth. And that was so lucky. Like Flacco gifted them that game. If it wasn't for that turnover, there's no way that they're winning that game. mm -hmm. So yeah, you expect him to probably
2: do that for this game too. The only thing I don't understand is when when they when the season started, Cam was playing like old Cam. They were giving him the ball, having him run, running like design runs. And then all of a sudden they stopped, like after he came back from the COVID-19 protocol. Well,
1: I think Bill I, just I don't know was what like, happened from that. no, Bill was like, I tried something new. Uh, it, it, it gave me the willies. I didn't like it. Uh, we're going to go back to what I know. <laughs> yeah, that's, and
2: that's, that's what seemed like it happened. Like. Do what's best for him, like you. You always say, "Do your job, do your job, mm-hmm. and tell him like Do your job and be like, do this, make this offense best for your team and for him. Him being a pocket passer, his arm motion is too herky jerky. And what receivers do you have to throw the ball to, mm-hmm. other than Jacoby Myers because he balled out? But you're really banking on Gunner Olszewski.
0: Right, like well, yeah. Keele Harry is going to suddenly light it up for you?
2: Yeah, no, he can't get separation. He can't separate from his grandma if he ran around I guess.
0: <laughs> Anytime <laughs> I get a chance to throw the stat in, I just like to do it, so I'm going to do it once here. Cam Newton hasn't thrown a touchdown since week three.
2: Yeah, he has Ugh. two touchdowns and seven picks or something like that.
1: Awful, it's just real. awful. Needless to say, he's not getting a job. next year. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, my bust of the week here is, and this might be a little comp controversial uh dk metcalf versus the rams uh i know he's been blowing it up the last couple of weeks uh and he's looked great Let, let's let's be honest that is a man out there man he is something else mm. but the rams on the season uh are, are number two overall uh toughest defense against wide receivers and over the last five weeks so we'll take half the season after we kind of get into it they're number one uh And I'm going to guess that Jalen Ramsey is going to be on DK since he's been the one that's uh, been balling out lately, and he is uh, super physical out there. And we know Jalen Ramsey likes to get physical against wide receivers. So I feel like that's going to be the one-on-one matchup there. And so by default, then, it's going to be a Tyler Lockett week. So uh, Mm -hmm. I, I felt like Lockett's been... You know, kind of the forgotten man here. These these last two to three weeks, it's his time to come back, have a good game. Uh, it's, it's it's just balancing the scales at this point. And like I said, I don't like that cornerback matchup for DK, so uh, that's why he is going to be my bust of the week.
2: Yeah, I'm not I'm not betting against that that grown man. He's a that's, a, that's Oh, he is man. something
1: else, man. He is he is <laughs> yeah, he, so fun to watch. Oh, there was a clip where he
2: ran a slant and somebody blindside side hit him and he didn't move. <laughs> Like where 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 did you come from? Like you came from a whole different planet. Mm-hmm. So and he caught that well. Russ threw that ball to him against uh, Stephon Gilmore. He was on his back, but he outran him, one of the best corner cornerbacks in the league, and he put it right in the bread basket. Scored a touchdown. So I I don't think I can never bet against that man. I bet against him when he first came out. I said he couldn't run a route. He's running around now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah he's pack. got like
0: space blood in him or something. There's just something otherworldly about him. We were talking; I think it was last week, or maybe it was over the weekend. I don't know, Dustin. Like he, all those comps back in the day to Calvin, like when he first came to the league, and you know, I was just like, ah, well, let's hold yeah, off whatever. here before we anoint him the next Calvin Johnson. Uh, yeah, he's kind of the next <laughs> Calvin Johnson. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, he is something else. But like I said, I just I got a sneaky feeling for this week. So, uh, and it is
0: one or the other. It
1: is only mm-hmm. Lockett or DK. There is never like overlap with those two dudes. So I buy that. Yeah. All right. Do we want to spend a couple minutes here? Uh, each each of us give up our our matchup of the week uh, for the upcoming week here that uh, we're most looking forward to seeing. Sure. Sure. Okay. Jake, do you want to start us off?
0: Yeah, this is the battle of the uglies that I've really been wanting to <laughs> see. And my apologies in advance here, pork man, but the Eagles versus the Giants. I do want to watch this. And I know I, I always seem to pick out like the grossest matchups out of these, but I really have a fixation now. And the Eagles have, like you said, they have some dudes who could be coming back to sort of save the day here. The Giants are a team that can do things well but it has to be in the exact, I know, I know, but it has to be in the exact right circumstance. This week, they get to play at home. I know home doesn't mean quite as much this year, but them against the Eagles, I do actually see a decent shootout potential, as gross as that sounds, between Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz. And by shootout, I just mean like only for fantasy relevance, not for like, actually watching a game and being impressed by it. But just in terms of the points that I think they'll be able to rack up, I'm actually kind of interested in that. Um, and I also really want to see if Darius Slayton can break his touchdown streak this week. Yeah. Fingers crossed. But um, yeah, that's what I'm looking for.
1: All right, Parkman, what about you?
2: Uh, I'm looking forward to that Seattle and uh, Rams game. That's mm-hmm. going to be a bona fide shootout. Whatever it over is, we might have to take over on that for real. Because mm-hmm. uh, they the way the way uh the defense is playing, like I said before, Russ is gonna have to cook, so it's it's either gonna be d k it's gonna be uh Locket or I don't know if Chris Carson's coming back. It might be a Chris Carson game um so there's a whole bunch of relevant players on that team uh for Los Angeles. Like I said, Jared Goff was my start of the week. I picked him up in a whole bunch of leagues. Um, I love Daryl Henderson now. I didn't like him before, but it looked like he learned how to play the running back position. Mm-hmm. So Daryl Henderson looks like, to me, <clears throat> he, uh out snapping Cam Akers by all the snaps because he's not getting on the field at all. And an annoying old man Malcolm Brown comes in and takes his snaps. But I think talent is going to overtake everything, and Daryl Henderson might have a good game against them as well.
1: Mhm. Yeah, that was going to be my game uh as well. I I just think like you said, take the over. It's going to be a lot of fireworks. Uh so to not be the same as you, I I will, I will pick another game here. Um I'm actually kind of intrigued with the Raiders and the Broncos. Uh Raiders are surprisingly 5 and 3 right now and I feel like this Broncos offense is starting to get a little steam to it, and they're kind of finding a little bit of a groove. Uh, we're seeing Jerry Judy get involved, Elbert O, Noah Fant. I mean, they've got all the weapons on the offense, and I feel like they're they're kind of starting to find a little bit of a groove. You know their defense is outstanding right now. Uh, they've really come together, and it'll be interesting to see how this Raiders offense Really goes up against this defense here, uh, whether you know um, Jacobs, Rugs, you know who, wh- which which of their offensive weapons, which they have a plethora of as well, which of them actually has a good game against this defense. So uh, it, it's going to be an interesting matchup.
2: Yeah, it makes no sense that Nelson Aguilar stole Henry Ruggs' a role on the team. Which is- Oh, it's gross. <laughs> well, Guys, the again.
0: entire offseason, he spent his uh, offseason just getting his arms stretched. So they pulled him every day, and they actually grew his arms about an inch. So now he can reach out and catch passes that come to him. Uh, and now he's gotten some touchdowns on it. I feel bad for people who were super
2: invested in rugs this year because
0: it, yes. <laughs> it's wild. hmm Yeah,
2: it's it's crazy. Crazy as so. hell. Well, he's flashed. I feel bad so for it's... Albert Oak. He looked like he was doing good, too. Mm-hmm.
1: And he towards ACL, So we yeah. got, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I think that just leaves one more thing for this week. Jake, do you have a beer bet for us or do we have to go for the one that I threw out uh, earlier this week? I was really hoping
0: as you guys were talking that I would look through these matchups and try and find some good beer bet <laughs> to replace this with. I haven't. So I am going to go with the suggestion that you made and to, to your credit. I talked a lot of shit about how last week's beer bet was gross, Mm -hmm. and you went the the exact opposite direction with this one. You went stud versus stud this week, so I can respect it. Do you want to present this to the masses?
1: Yeah, so beer bet for this week is Stefan Diggs outscores D-Hop.
0: So they play each other. They play each other. Which is great. I love these games where it's easy. You, you can just track it as nice as possible. So I am, look, I looked up on the year. And on the year, they are wide receiver four and wide receiver six. Diggs yeah. is four. Hopkins is six. Now, Hopkins had a really down week last week. It was a weirdly down week. I am fully fine with leaning on the bounce back. I actually just traded for DeAndre Hopkins in the league, so I'm kind of feeling myself right now thinking I <laughs> want to just ride his back now at this point and, and get a, a few victories. So I'll take the victory in my league, and I'll take the victory in this bet. All right. It's on. Now, Portman, do you want to
2: get involved yes. in this? Do
1: you want to pick a side yeah. here?
2: I'm taking digs
1: here. Yes. Sure. Yeah, it's gonna be two for two, baby. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, because well, what the reason Hopkins didn't do too good last week is because Xavier Howard kept uh, passing interference on in the whole game, so he wasn't. It didn't count for no yards or targets or receptions or anything. Stephon Diggs was getting open like crazy, and I think I trust Tre'Davious White more on uh, on Hopkins than Diggs on who's, on Patrick Peterson, Peterson yeah. yeah.
0: Peterson has not looked great. It, it, you can tell that there was a cliff that happened there i'm just yeah, hoping yeah. i'm just hoping that this is look i just want to bounce back in the
1: worst way so i'm putting all my chips on deandre Hopkins. <laughs> all right that's all right, great it's well in. it's official locked in locked and loaded yeah. um uh, we will revisit this on uh, next week's episode so uh that'll about do it for this week's show uh as always, our weekly reminder, go out there, check your waiver wire for drop players. You never know uh, with all the transactions that are going on out there who people had to drop from their team to make room for other players that they had to pick up. So uh, you'll find some nice gems out there. Your bi-week teams this week are the Jets, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Falcons. So please do not start them and have them in your lineup because they will get you zero points. Uh, and that'll do it for this week. Uh, Porkman, why don't you tell us one last time where people can find you and what you're all about here.
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FF Porkman. Uh, if you ever want to talk about anything about life, fancy football, your kids are getting on your nerves, you can just DM me. I'll reply back as soon as I can. Um, we do a podcast, Dynasty Rewind, with uh, Michael Bauer at BM Bauer, um, Nate Christian at Nate NFL, and and Nooney. Chef uh, Boyardee, Boy with an Eye. We do Tuesday nights, nine o'clock waiver show. Or we're live on YouTube and Periscope and Facebook as well. And then Friday, we do a uh, 9 o'clock pod for Starts and Sits. So join us there. We like to have a lot of fun. We have funny Manscaped Reads, and we give you good advice. And then this off season we're going to be doing a whole bunch of rookie breakdowns, so get you ready for your Dynasty rookie drafts.
1: Yeah, definitely. If you have not checked out the Dynasty Rewind, you need to do that. It is a lot of fun. Uh, it is one of my must download shows if i'm unable to catch it on friday nights uh it's the first thing i do when i wake up saturday morning i get on my phone to my podcast app and download the episode Uh, it's a lot of fun the interaction with the uh the comments and 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 the people uh uh, commenting is just awesome it's so much fun to uh uh see all that go down. but yeah great show if you haven't checked it out you're really missing out uh because it is awesome uh jake why don't you tell folks where they can find you you can find me at my name on Twitter, at Jake Trowbridge. Nice. And you can find the podcast at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter, and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.